Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. This is Arthur Pearlie Martin. You guys already know that today is just another wonderful, wonderful day um, because this is the day that the Lord has made. And like I always say, I don't know about you, but I'm going to rejoice and be glad that I'm alive and I'm living in it. Yes, 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 Lord. That means today he still has a good plan and purpose for our lives. Um, today, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to step right into it because I want to know, the, you know, because you know, I got to know. So I want to know what's choking you. Oh, Lord Jesus. We're going to get into this. We're going to get into this. How many of you know that we can't be set, we can't be set free without knowing the truth? Jesus said in John 8, 32, because you guys already know. If you, to those Jews who believe, he said, if you continue my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. What is it that the truth is going to set us free from? Let's say it together. The truth is going to set us free from a lie. The truth is going to set us free from the devil's lies that hold our mind captive, because that's where the battleground is. I don't know about you, but I'm we're getting ready to dig in. We're getting ready to go and deal with some of those inner issues um, so we can see what's choking the word of God out of us. Okay. But we're going to pray first. Father, we just thank you for being in the middle of us, for being in the midst of us with two or three. There you are. Father God, we thank you for a rhema word. Father God, we exit. You forgive us of any sins that we may have committed. We forget, Father, we ask that you create in us a clean heart, renewing us a right spirit, Lord God. And uh, Father God, we ask that you give us wisdom to do what we hear, to do what we know, Father God. We come to you with a bow down head, with a humble heart, Father God. Our heart is good ground. We're here to receive your word so we can be delivered from many and everything that's not like you in Jesus' name. Okay, we're getting ready to join, get in. Thank you again for joining in on my morning podcast. This is Arthur Pearlie Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. How many of you know we got to know, we got to know, because our soul must be made whole. So, um, again, I asked the question, what's choking you? I I, got to know. What's choking you? How many of you know that the things that we give our undivided attention to is the things that will not only distract us, but things that will uh, lure us away, lure us away from, from God? That's what the cares of the world and all of these things are set in place for. The storms of life are set here to distract us from Jesus Christ, right? Isn't that what the storm came when Peter was walking on the water and the storms began to came and he took his eyes off of Jesus and he began to sink? And that's the, that's for us too. That's not just for Peter. Anytime we start walking by faith or living for God, the devil's going to come. He's coming with these tests and he's coming with these trials and he's coming with these tribulations to steal the word of God from our heart. How many of you know, because without the word of God, we cannot bear fruit. The word of God is seed, the seed that's sown. We're going to talk about that. What's distracting you? What's taking your focus? What's stealing your focus? The thing that you focus on is the thing that you that will lead in God and direct your path. The word of God says that the word of God is a lamp unto a light into our path, a lamp unto our feet and a light into our path. So when we put the word of God in front of us, then we can follow him. We can follow Jesus. But when we being distracted by things that's going on around us, the storms. Next time you get a care or a worry, I want you to remember the story about when Peter was walking on the water, that the cares, how he was distracted. They, they tell the story all the time. Well, when Peter took his eyes off Jesus, well, really when Peter took his eyes off the word, because we don't physically see him now, but God and his word is one, right? So when we take our mind off the word of God and we take our mind off the uh off God, we're not going to have peace. Remember, Jesus said, those who keep in this world, we're going to have some tribulations. But those who keep their minds stayed on me, Jesus said, I will keep them in perfect peace. Distractions are meant to come. They're, they're attention stealers. They want to steal our attention. I'm not looking at Jesus now. I'm looking at everything that's going on around me. How many of you know that um, the condition of our heart is going to determine how we uh, uh, receive the word of God? Our focus will lead, our focus is what lead God and direct us, right? Isn't that what we say? Stay focused, don't be distracted. What's distracting you? What's choking you? The cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, what's cause what's choking you? I'm getting ready to come. Um when we when we uh we're gonna come out of uh, Mark 
But I want to talk a little bit more first. I want to build upon it. I want to just build upon it because I want you to think about some things. What's what's choking you? When we're focused on the word, the the word it sets our focus on God. But when we focus on the world, it takes our focus away from God. So what's distracting you and what's choking you? God and his word is one. And when we do not spend time studying and reading God's word, we we neglect spending time with God. Nothing. Remember, remember, I did a, a podcast talking about vitamin supplements. Nothing can take the place of us actually spending our own personal time with God. I'm not talking about sitting at the feet of someone else and listening to them teach. And, we, and like I said earlier, we need all of that because. Uh, every joint supplies a need. That's why I put the fivefold ministry there. But we have to go beyond that, and we have to fix our own meals. We have to fix our own meals so other people can eat off our table. But if we're not spending time with God, and I'm not talking about just saying a little two three minute prayer. No, I'm talking about, and I'm not talking about even reading. I'm talking about studying the Word of God. He says, "Study to show yourself approved." He didn't say read. He said, "Study to show yourself approved." Right. Um, so we need to study the word of God so we can show ourselves approved so we can rightfully divide the word of truth. We need to study for ourselves, not study for a Bible study, not study to teach a Bible study. But I don't know about you, but I need to study to live. You know, that's my time with the Lord. Thank you for joining in my Bible study because this is what it is because I study before I do this, but I don't just study to do this because before I do this, the Holy Spirit is already talking to me sometimes days in advance. He's talking to me about this, right? So are you just studying to study? Or are you studying to live? I don't know about you, but I'm fully convinced that my way was the wrong way, that I don't want my way anymore. I'm so convinced that Jesus Christ, he is the only way, the truth, and the life, that um, I want to follow him. He He is my mentor. I want to mimic him. I want to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, the way you'll know my disciples is by the love that they have for one another, right? Okay, so God and his word is one. And so when we don't spend time with God, with the word, we're not spending time with God. And I'm not talking about a YouTube video. I'm not talking about listening to other preachers preach. I'm not talking about Facebook lies. We need all of that. But in addition to that, I'm talking about our own quality time where we steal time away and we stop doing everything that we do. I'm talking about spending time with them like Mary. Mary took time, Mark, yeah. Mary took time out. She quit what she was doing to sit at the feet of Jesus to sup and fellowship with him. Martha was like, Jesus, tell her to come help me. But Martha was so distracted by the work. She was distracted by the cares of the world. She was distracted by, Jesus said to her, but you're so distracted, Martha. You're so distracted by all these things. They were distracted by the bills. They were distracted by the kids. They were distracted by the needs of others. You say, well, it's a good thing. Yeah, but is that a God thing? It's God telling you to do it because how many of you know that the devil comes in to steal our time he is a thief and if he can steal our time even with good works it could be a good thing and not be a God thing because if that's not what God is telling you to do then it's stealing your time away from what he's telling you to do Martha she wasn't sinning or anything I mean she was cooking a meal she was cooking dinner Um, But the thing was, she was so distracted by the work that she didn't have time for the worship. She was so distracted by what she was doing. She was so distracted by the cares of the world. And And at the end of the day, when you really look at it, these things that we're chasing after or you know, at the end of the day, it's not even going to matter because I like to tell people everything that we own is on lease because how many of you know, we're not taking any of this stuff with us. I haven't never seen a car in a casket. I ain't never seen a house in a casket. I'm not, I'm not talking against things because God wants us to have things, but he don't want things to have us. Right. But I'm, what I'm talking about is what's distracting you. What is it distilling your focus? What Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will added, be added unto you. How many of you know that the provisions are really in the will of God? When we find, get in the will of God, everything that we need is going to be in the will. We're not going to take no coat, no shoes, no money, no nothing for the journey. In other words, God is going to provide where he guides. Don't that just make sense that if he asks you to do something, that he will finance it. If he asks you to do something, that he would finance it. He provides where he guides. So the way of the transgressor is hard because they're trying to live life 
without God. We're trying to figure out how to get the wealth. God said, I've given you the power to get the wealth. Ask me for wisdom and I'll show you how to get the wealth. Because when I created you, I put everything you need inside of us. We have everything that pertains to life and godliness. We have it in us. When he created us, he put it inside of us. The provisions of God are in the will of God. That's why he says, seek first the kingdom. What are we seeking first? What are we putting before God? Whatever we put before God, that's the thing that we're seeking first. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto us, right? Let me go here. You know, we talk about it all the time. It was like, we know the scripture, but do we do? do we believe it? You know, we know a lot of things. It's not about, it's not the knower of the word that's blessed. It's the doer of the word that's blessed. Because until we do what he says, we're not going to see what he says. And until I bake the cake, I'm not going to have the cake. I can know how to bake a cake. I know how to bake a cake. But until I go and actually bake the cake, I'm not going to be able to eat the cake. I'm not going to be able to receive the benefits of it. Just knowing how to do it is one thing, but doing it is another thing. Matthew 6, 33, English Standard Version say, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. But seek first the kingdom of God. Right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto us. Matthew 6, 33. All of what things? But Jesus know what we have need of, right? He know we have need of food. He know we have need of shelter. He know we have need of clothing. Matthew 6, 33. Let's read it a little more in details. Uh, let's go to Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What will you, uh, what you will put on it? Uh, what you would put on is not life more than food this English standard version and the body more than clothing look at the birds of the air they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns but yet your heavenly father feed them are you not of more value than they and which of you by being anxious or worried or fearful or careful I put that in can add a single hour to his life and why are you anxious about clothing consider the lilies of the field I'm reading the English standard version Consider the, um, the lilies of the field, how they grow. Look at them. But, but if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear or where should we work or how our bills going to be paid or, you know, don't be anxious about nothing. God is, he said, cast your cares upon us because him, because he cares for us. First Peter, right? For the Gentiles seek after these things. The world seek after these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be um, anxious for itself. Or tomorrow has enough worries of its own. One translation say, it's sufficient for the day. And, and um, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. In other words, we already have enough trouble for the day. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough to, uh, worries of its own. Now, this is what Jesus was saying. He said, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Don't be anxious. He said, but I need you. What I need you to do is I need you to seek first the kingdom of God. But seek first, Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto us. But when we're not seeking first the kingdom of God, then we're out here trying to add these things unto ourselves. And and what's happening is it's distracting us. We're distracted by everything that's going on around us. I'm working my way up to where I'm trying to go. But I wanted to know what's choking you. Well, let's let's get in here. Let's get in here and see what's choking us. When we're not seeking first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and then what's choking us? Then, that, then we're seeking after the things of the world, he said. He said, this is how the Gentiles, this is how the world live. This is how they live their life, trying to get rich. This is how they live their life, chasing after money. But the Bible says many have departed from the faith and pierced their souls with many sorrows, chasing after riches. God never meant for us to chase money. Money is to chase us. <laughs> money don't make us, right? 
I'm not preaching against it. What I'm telling you, I'm talking about order. God is a God of order because when we're not, Jesus said, you can't serve God and mammon. Mammon is a spirit, the spirit of the world. We can't serve God in money. Either we're serving God, our faith is in God or our faith is in our riches. Either our faith is in God or our faith is in riches. Either our, we're trusting in God to t- supply our needs, just like Jesus was telling us, or we're trusting in our riches to provide for us. Which one are you trusting in? Well, we're going to find out here in just a minute. You already know. There's no condemnation, but we have to deal with these real issues so we can see. So we can see. So, you know, we got to shine the light on the on what's dark and those dark areas in our lives. Okay, let's talk about it. So we, now we're getting ready to get to where I want to go. I asked the question, what's choking me? What's choking us? Mark 4, 19, English Standard Version says, But the cares or worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things, it enters in and it chokes the word and it proves unfruitful. What's choking you? The cares of the world. This is talking about the parable of the sower. The cares of the world. These are the seeds that fell among thorns. These are the seeds. This is a thorny heart. Remember I said earlier, the condition of our heart determines how we receive the word of God. So here we go. It says the seeds that fell among the thorns, as was was, was sown among thorns. This is the one, the seeds that fell among thorns. These are the ones that hear the word. We hear the word. We listen to a lot of uh, preachers on TV, Facebook, YouTube. We, We faithful. Uh, hearers okay but when the cares or worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches you know we when the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches come around and the desires for other things enter in it chokes the word and it proves unfruitful this is why we're not bearing fruit this is why we're not being fruitful because we hear the word some of us are real faithful hearers there's no condemnation because faith comes by hearing But the problem is we're not getting rooted and grounded because we're not putting the work in. We're not spending our own personal time with the Lord. Listen to my podcast, Vitamin Supplements. This is a vitamin supplement. When you're hearing what I'm saying, this is a vitamin supplement. And we need it all because vitamins are good. They have stuff that we don't eat. Okay, and that's wonderful. But no amount of TV, no amount of Facebook Live, no amount of YouTube videos can take the place of our personal time with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to have to turn it off and do like Martha did. Mary could not turn it off because she was such a worker. She was just always working. Jesus said, you're so distracted by many things. What's distracting you? She said, Jesus, come make Mary come make my, my, um, Mary help. And Jesus said, no, Mary is doing the most needful thing. Will you shut it down? Will you shut it off? Will you shut off the TV? Will you shut off the YouTube videos? Will you shut off the Facebook Live? And give God some of your own personal time. Do you know that if you're married or in just friendships, if you never spend time with your spouse, your kids, or your friends, you're not going to have a real relationship. And a lot of us, we're following Christ at a distance because we don't have our own relationship with him. Because when we don't have a real real relationship with Christ, when the storms of life comes, he's going to be able to steal the word. The devil devil is coming to steal the word, you, you guys. That's what he's coming for. He comes not but to steal kill and destroy. Jesus said, John 10, 10, I am the good shepherd and I come to you my life, but it's the thief who cometh not, but the steal, kill and destroy. So again, what is the devil coming for? He's coming to steal the word. He don't care about your, um, your money, your marriage. Guess what? If he can steal the word, he's going to have your money in your marriage. <laughs> he's coming for the word. If he can get get us off focus by the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches, if he can distract us with the storms of life like he did Peter when he was walking on the water, if he can get us distracted by the cares of the world and deceitfulness of riches, he can steal that word from our heart. 
Because if he can steal our focus, the thing that we focus on is the thing that's going to take our attention. It's going to be the thing that we focus on. So we either setting our mind on things above, which are eternal, or we setting our mind on things below, which are temporal. The Bible tells us to set our affection on things above, which are eternal, and not on things below, which are temporal. Because things that you can we can see, they're going to disappear. Set your mind on on things above. Let me read that to you. Colossians 3 and 2 says, Set your mind on things above and not on earthly things. Not on earthly things. Therefore, since you have been raised with Christ, strive for the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden in Jesus Christ. We're sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, spiritually speaking. Because how many of us know that the real us is a spirit? This is why when a person dies, his body is left in the coffin. Because it's the spirit that giveth life. So when the spirit leaves the body, it leaves uh, uh, the, the body is left behind. And when you open a casket, dust is where we came from and dust we shall return, right? When you open the casket over the course of time, all you see is a bunch of dirt and bones. And even the bones begin to t- deteriorate. Why is dirt left in the casket? Because we was created from dust, dirt. So if you don't believe anything else, this is how you know that the word of God is true. This Bible is not new. He's telling us that dust is what we came from and dust we shall return. But the real us is a spirit. So we're sitting together at the right hand of God, spiritually speaking. He says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Because when we set our mind on the things of the earth, it's going to still, we're going to be distracted by the winds. We're going to be distracted by the waves. We're going to be distracted by the bills. We're going to be distracted by the worries and the cares of the world. We're so focused on the world that we don't have time for the word. I'm telling you, if you want to change your focus, change your eating habits. And what I mean by that, spiritually speaking, set your mind on the things above. Set your mind on God. Jesus said in this world, we're going to have some trouble, you guys. Jesus said this. We're not exempt from it because we're in the world. We're not of the world. We don't have to... You know, it's going to rain upon the just as well as the unjust. It's not that we're not going to have trouble, it's, but it's how you endure the trouble. The Bible tells us to endure hardness as a good soldier. For we faint in the day of adversity, our strength is small. When we're, faith is challenged and we faint, that shows that our faith is weak, that our faith is strong, small. We have to endure hardness like a good soldier. That means, you know, when you think of a war and you look at war on TV, you have a lot of stuff going on around you. They have bombs and coming from the sky and missiles and bullets shooting. All this stuff is going on at the same time. But the soldier knows that he has to be focused. He can't just run out there and start running wild. and be, He has to put his training into practice. He, he got to know how to hide behind stuff. He got to know how to aim. He has to operate under stress. Can you operate when the conditions are not favorable? If you can, then that means you can endure hardness like a good soldier. Can you bear fruit even when things around you is hard? We must be rooted and grounded in the word of God. Because if not, when the storms of life comes, our how, we're going, our life is going to fall apart. That's how I can always tell what someone, and we ourselves, we can tell what our life is built on by when the trials and the tests come. How, do, how are we responding? Are we just falling apart? Just like we don't remember God? Or are we clinging to God and saying, Lord Jesus God, you are faithful. You are my comforter. You know, my mom passed. That was a, that was a really test to me. That was the first time somebody, second time somebody really, really close to me died because my stepdad died first. That was my second time really, really experiencing death up close. My mom was my best friend. That was a test for me. Was Jesus really my Lord? Just because my mom died didn't mean I had to, I gave up on Jesus Christ because 
I understand. That's where my strength comes from. That's my helper. That's my comforter. Jesus was is my Lord. And as much as I love my mom, when when I when that discomfort comes, because my soul is anchored, my soul is anchored. So when when the when that spirit comes of grief and mourning and sorrow, instantly I begin to say, Holy Spirit, comfort me. Why is this? Because my house, my life is built on the rock. My life is built on the word. And when our life is built on the word, it's like the wise men. We're building like every time we do the word of God, we're building. That's what he's like. The wise man is the one that heard the word. If we read that in context, let's read, let's read it in context. Are you the wise man or the foolish man? There's no condemnation. Cause today we get to do what God say, right? The wise man, he built his house on the rock, right? Let's, let's go and let's find this. The wise man built his house on the rock. Let me get the translation I want. Are we building a house on the sand? Are we building a house on the rock? When the storms of life come, that's how you get to see what your life is built on. Right? Even in the natural, when the tornadoes come, I've seen tornadoes take buildings out, but the foundation was still in place. The foundation was still in place, y'all. It was a solid foundation. And then I've seen storms where they took everything. There was no foundation. It wasn't built on the slab. But the wise man built his house on the rock. The wise man, it says, he is the one that hears the word. And then he he does the word. So you're considered a wise person when you hear the word. Not just hear it, but when you do it. Because every time we're doing what it says, we're building. Remember when you find the verb, the word, look for the verb. So the wise man is, he's a builder. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. It says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Are you building? When you hear the word, instantly you have to do. Look for the verb when you hear the word. That's if the word is being taught. That's why it's so important that we're getting the word of God the word of God, not our experiences, not our opinions, but the word of God, because this is what we're to build our life on is the word of God, not my experiences, because the way it happened for me might not be the exact same way it happened to you, but my experiences can testify of the glory of God, you know, but just because he came to me three days later, don't mean he going, he might answer you in one day. You see what I'm saying? So I can't take my experiences and make it a doctrine. But I can use my experiences with God as a testimony of who he is, right? My experiences testify of the goodness of God. My experiences with God testifies of the glory of God. It's my testimony. Our testimony, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Our testimony testified to someone else that God is alive, that Jesus is Lord. You know, it testifies to the goodness of God. So share your story so God can get the glory. Okay? But just don't say, well, because it happened like that for me, it'll happen like that. Yes, God is the same, but I'm saying, what I'm saying is I'm talking about the details of it all. Well, God did it for her in three days. If he did it for her in three days, because my thing is almost exactly like hers, he can do it for me in three days. No, that's not necessarily true, that he'll do it for you in three days. We're not all at the same walk in our lives with the Lord. But the, but the testimony is, is that he, he will do it because God changes not. It's, it's already done anyways. Okay, let me finish here. I'm trying to stick with this. I'm asking the question, what's choking you? What is it that's choking you? The cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches? What's choking you? Here we're talking about the wise man. How when we lose focus, when we don't keep our focus on God, we we become distracted by the things in in life. What's distracting you? Because the thing that's distracting you is the thing that's choking you. What is your focus on? What are you focusing on? Right now, this minute, this moment, is your focus on the Lord? Or is your focus on the storms? Is your focus on the fact that your kids aren't saving, they're running wild, and the son is doing this, and the daughter is doing this, uh, the bills are due? What is your, what's your focus? 
What is your focus? The devil wants to steal our, he wants to steal the word. He wants to choke the word out of us through the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. He, he wants us to believe that God don't love us. Because having confidence in God's love for us, remember, cast fear away from us. Because perfect love casts out fear. So when fear comes, that's because we've lost confidence in God's love. There's no condemnation. I'm trying to put some things. I'm trying to connect the dot because the word of God interprets itself. Okay. So the Bible says perfect love casts out fear. So when fear comes, which is worry, because worry and fear goes together, anxious, anxiety, all that goes together. When we become anxious, worry, fears, and cares, they steal the word. Because what it is, they're stealing our attention. Now our focus is no longer on what God said. But our focus is on the deceitfulness of riches. Money is saying, you ain't, because how many know money has a voice? Money is saying, you're not going to be able to pay your bills because you don't have none of me. Yeah, I might. Yeah, but just because I don't got it don't mean I ain't got it because my father got it. I'm an heir and a joint heir in Jesus Christ. We are king's kids and God is our Abba Father as children of God. When we accept Jesus Christ, God becomes our father. So just because you don't have it don't mean your father, your Abba Father. He, We know he has it. The earth is the Lord in the fullness thereof. And he, our Abba Father says, bring me in remembrance of my word. And our Abba Father says, those who put their trust in me, I will not cause you to be ashamed. Why? Because when we're saying what God is saying, we're, put, we're, we're putting his reputation on the line. We're signing everything with the name of Jesus. And Jesus' name is good. That's why we say in the name of Jesus. I'm coming to you in the name of Jesus. His name is good. He cannot lie. He does not lie. His credit, everything about him is good. He really was was perfect in all his ways. Our God is good. Our Abba Father, God is good. Everyone then, I'm talking about uh, uh, Matthew 7, 24 through 27. We're talking about building our life on the word. We have to build our life on the word. So when the storms of life come, because they're coming, it's not that Christians aren't tested, because Christians are. It's how you go through the storm. It's how you weather the storm. Are you going to go through the storm in fear? Or are you going to go through the storm in faith? Well, if you built your house on the rock, you don't have to worry about the storms of life because they're coming. Jesus said in this world, we're going to have them. But if we keep our mind stayed on him, he said he'll keep us in perfect peace. Those who keep their mind stayed on me. Jesus said, I'm going to keep you in perfect peace. But the devil wants to steal our focus because if he can steal our focus, he can shift our mindset. So Colossians says, set your mind on things above, set your affections on things above, which are eternal and not on things below, which are temporal. Because things that you can see are subject. They're going to change. Look at you. Look at me. We don't look the same as we did. We're changing. Things that we see is changing. Yesterday was not like today. Tomorrow is not going to be like today. Things are constantly changing. The gas price go up. Oh, it was down yesterday, but it's up today. You know, things in this world is temporal. They're subject to change. But when we set our affections, we set our mind, we set our will, we set our emotions on God above, he's solid. He changes not. Things which are eternal. And we as believers, we should be setting our mind on heavenly things, not earthly things. We're passing through. We're sojourners. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. This is not our home. Because when our spirit leaves our body, we're going to go be in the presence of our Father. Glory, hallelujah. But what I'm saying is, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Please read the Bible. Don't just read it, but study it. Okay, let's spend time with God. Uh, 25 says, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Lord Jesus Christ, though the storms of life come, though the sea may be raging, though everything may be ready to be due, the the bills are due and we have no money. But guess what? Now it's time for your faith to work. Now it's time to see if you really believe God. 
is when we, we must build our life on the rock, on the word. Every time we do the word, we're building on the rock. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine, not just hear the word, listen to this. Matthew seven twenty four. He says, everyone then who hears these words of mine, and then he says, and does them would be like a wise man who builds on the rock. So we can't, it's not just the hearer of the word. We can't, it's not just enough to listen to the Facebook preachers, YouTube preachers, uh, your pastor at church or, or, or even me. It's not enough just to hear what I'm saying, but we actually have to take what we're hearing because what we're hearing is really instructions. It should be some instructions so you can go and do it. So the instructions are be a doer of the word and not a hearer only take that stuff that you know, and go act on it. We say scriptures, we know a lot of stuff. But the truth of the matter is, when you sit down and ask somebody what that word means, they can't even explain it to you. So a lot of us are still on milk. But we don't confuse the gift with being mature. Don't the gifts and callings are without God, uh, without repentance. The gifts comes from God. But the fact that we have gifts don't mean we're mature. Having a gift does not make you mature. Having character and in, in the uh, the wisdom of God, that's what makes us mature. It's not the gift. And uh, maturity is not measured by age. That's why they was telling Timothy, don't, don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated by them because you're young. It's not, the numbers are for us. Okay, so we can keep track of what's going on in this earth. Time is for us. God is outside of time. He's already in our tomorrow. That's how he's a present help in our time of trouble because he's already gone before us. He's already there. He's omnipotent, omnipresent everywhere at the exact same time. That's what makes him God. The devil can't do that because he was created by God. Let's go here. So we hear, we see here Matthew 7, 24 through 27 we're reading. English Standard Version, he said, but then those who hear the word on Facebook Live, on YouTube, at church, or wherever, and does them would be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And then the rain fell, the floods came, the, 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 the you know, because how many of you know that the devil is coming to steal the word? That's what Satan wants. If he can steal the word, he's going he's to steal our faith. And without faith, we're, we're hopeless, right? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. So I like to ask people, what are you hoping for? A lot of times we're feeling hopeless because we don't even know what the word says concerning the situation. What is the counsel of God concerning the situation? What is the counsel of God? What is God saying about this situation that you're going through? What is the counsel of God? What is the mind of God? Put on the mind of Christ. What are God's thoughts concerning this? What is God saying about this? What is he saying about your finances? What is he saying about your children? What is he saying about your marriage? What is he saying about, I don't know, whatever care or worry or concern you have. He said, cast your cares upon me, First Peter. Cast your cares upon me for I care for you. God cares about us. We have not a high priest who's not touched by the feelings of our infirmities, but in all ways, he was tempted just like we were. That's a man did it. So a man had to come and undo it. Jesus came to undo everything that the devil did for this purpose was the son of God manifest. Jesus did not just come to die for our sins, but Jesus came to undo everything that the devil did. We have been redeemed from all the curses of the law. Cursed is he that hangeth on the tree. He went and hung on the tree. He took the curses from us. He redeemed us. He had to give his life to buy us back. Because sin, we were were doomed to hell. So Jesus said, I'll come and pay the price. I'll I'll do it. But Father, uh, if there's any other way, can this cup of suffering, if they can pass from me, to let it but nevertheless father not your will but let my will be done a lot of us you know what daily we need to go to the garden of Gethsemane we need to go to that place where Jesus went and say father here I am thank you for waking me up today father not my will but let your will be done have you gone to the garden daily we need to crucify our flesh because every day we get up our flesh wakes up it gets up too it's a daily thing and we have to sanctify ourselves by the word of God. Sanctify them, Father, with your truth. The truth sanctifies us. The truth sets us apart from a lie. The truth, God's truth sets us apart from the world's way of thinking, from the carnal mind. I'm trying to get through this. 
but I'm going to say what God said. Okay, and then the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew. Oh, Lord Jesus, all is coming at the same time. And it beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. We still came up. We had all these trials going. It's kind of like Job. All this stuff was going on around him. But Job's soul was anchored in the Lord, you guys. He didn't know. He said, the Lord, give it, and the Lord take it away. Read that in context. Job didn't know it was the devil doing that. That's why he said that. So we don't need to be saying that about the Lord. The devil was doing it. If we read it in context, it clearly tells us that. Okay, so be careful of what you repeat and read the whole thing and see why he said what he said. Because God wasn't doing that. The devil came and asked God, could he do that? Okay, I'm trying to stay here. But just reminds you of everything that how many of you, some of us might be in that now. The bills are due. I lost my job. The No, you know. You know, it's like a whole bunch of stuff coming on you at one time. But guess what? Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. The spirit of the living God on the inside of us is greater than the spirit of the Antichrist. All those things on the outside that's coming against us. We have Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The spirit of the living God is in us. What is choking you is the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and other things. All this, these things in the world, the news, the... What is it that's distracting you? What is it that's choking you? So the wise man, he built his house on the rock. He was affected by the hailstorm. He was affected by the freeze just like everybody else. But he didn't fall apart because his life was built on the rock. When when all this stuff, when everything around him was going on and the winds were blowing and the bills were due and when no stores opened and the famine was in the land, he will, the wise man went through that too. But the difference between the wise man and the foolish man is that the wise man, because he had, he had built, he was a doer of the word. Every time we do the word, we're building. Look at, look at this. It's like building. You know, every time we do the word, it's a, it's a, it's a brick being placed in our, you know, it's, it's solidifying that it's building our faith. It's building our faith. Every time we do the word, it's building our faith. The Bible say Abraham's faith was made complete by his works. He didn't just believe God, but he acted on what he said. And because he acted on what he said, he was able to receive the manifestation of the, of, uh, of the promise. We're not receiving the word. We're not seeing the manifestation of some of the promises it's because we're not acting on what it says. Faith without works is dead. Abraham's faith was made complete by his works. I did a video the other day about uh, what's your works in fulfilling your prophecy. And I talked about how the prophet came to the widow and he gave her a word and the word was from God. It definitely was. But in order, she could have, she could have nullified that prophecy by not following God's instructions. And the instructions were bake me a cake first and then your meal barrel won't run dry. So if she hadn't baked the cake like the prophetic word that she had received, her part was to bake the cake. That was her work in fulfilling the prophecy. Even though the word was from God, it wasn't just going to automatically come come to pass unless she did her part. Because in that prophetic word, she had a part to play. And her part was to bake the cake. So what is your part in, in, in the word of God? What, you know, what is he saying? Yes, by Jesus stripes I'm healed, but also he's talking about how we have to forgive because unforgiveness will keep us from being healed. Um, we, some people are not having peace because of unforgiveness because the, the devil is tormenting your mind day and night because that's, go listen to my podcast about the unmerciful servant. I'm trying to talk about what's choking you is the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of other things whatever is distracting you is the thing that's choking you because the thing that's distracting you is the thing that's taking your attention off God and is putting it on other things so uh, Matthew 4 19 English standard but the cares of the world which is our worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things, they enter in and they choke the word. And this is what, this is why we're not bearing fruit. The rich young ruler came to Jesus in Mark 10, 17 through 27. And um, he was telling Jesus, but I've kept, I've kept your commands from youth. And you know, read that please. I did everything that you asked me to do. And then Jesus said, okay, well go and sell all you have. The rich young ruler's wealth was choking him. What is it that's keeping you from selling out to God? Is it that relationship that you know you shouldn't be in? 
I, I don't know. There's no condemnation. I'm just trying to dig. You know, I'm just trying to. I, my prayer is that the Holy Ghost will go on the inside. What is it? Some of us are building ministries without a relationship with Jesus Christ. The name Jesus is attached to it, but there's no relationship with him. The rich young ruler, he had kept the commands. He he knew the Bible verses in and out and he, he had the works. He had religion, but he didn't have relationship because, see, he loved his money more than he loved God. And so God knew that he, he knew where his heart was, right? You know, on the outside, we got all these good works, but then I, it's okay for me to be kind to people at the church, but then I'm evil to my, to, to, to my people at work and I'm evil to my husband and, and my kids at home because you, no, 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 no. Is that not religion? When we have a relationship, I'm talking about relationship. When we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we're going to be God conscious at all times. We're going to be aware of his presence at all times. You know why? Because we're constantly staying in touch with him. All throughout our day, we are mindful of him. Because God is mindful of us. When we have a relationship. Now, when we have religion, what we do is we put them on and we take them off. Okay, God, this is for you here. This is, you know, I just talk about you on Sundays and Wednesdays. Okay, and and that's what we do. Now, now, this is my time. I'm going to put you up on the shelf. I'm going to live how I want to live. Do what I want to do. There's no condemnation. But the truth is. The word of God says if we say that we have fellow walk in fellowship with him, but then we still live in darkness, we are a liar and the truth is not in us. Why is this? To walk in fellowship. When we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we're going to walk in fellowship with him. And we're going to walk in the light as he is in the light, meaning a lifestyle. Your walk is your lifestyle. We're talking about an everyday committed lifestyle. Not just when I'm around my Christian brothers and sisters. Not just on Sunday, on Wednesday, but every single day. That means I'm going to walk in fellowship uh, with the father when I'm with my husband, with my children, with my friends, with, you know, uh, and people in the street. We're going to walk in fellowship with him. There's no condemnation, but what I'm trying to do is draw us back to the heart of the father. I'm talking about not just hearing the word because the wise man didn't just hear the word. The wise man heard the word and then he did what he heard. So my challenge for you today is be a doer of this word that you just heard because every time we do the word, we're building, we're building our faith. We're building. So when the storms of life come, when adversity come, our strength won't fail. Because our faith, we're building our faith. Every time we act on the word, we're building our faith. Um, Abraham's faith was made complete by his works. That's what the word says. Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him as righteousness. And this is why he was called a friend of God, because he believed God. Not because he was perfect, not because he did everything right. But he was called a friend of God because he believed God. And how do we know he believed God? Because he acted on what he said. And this is how we know if we believe God, when we're acting on what he said. If we know what the word of God say do, and we're doing opposite to what it says, not only does it prove that we do not love God, hold on, wait a minute, because this is what the word of God say. I'm going to put the word of God in it, right? Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. Now, God knows what we know, and he knows what we don't know. But for him that knoweth to do good and do it not, for him is sin. Because when I know what the word of God tells me to do, and I'm purposely not doing it, I am being rebellious and I'm sinning and that's equal to the sin of witchcraft hold on wait a minute there is no condemnation in it but we have to know the truth in order to be set free from a lie and all we have to do is when the word hit us is just repent and say Lord forgive me and let's let's just continue on but the rich young ruler he knew about Jesus but he did not know Jesus right do you know do you know about Jesus but you don't know Jesus A lot of us know scriptures, but we don't know what they mean. And all our getting, wisdom is the principal thing, but in all our getting, we have to get some understanding. Because how many of you know we can't have faith for something we don't understand? So the Satan, what's choking you? The thing that's distracting you is the thing that's choking you. What is it? Listen to yourself. You know, my challenge for you today is I want you to ask yourself, why is it I don't have time to read the word? 
to study the word. Ask yourself. And whatever you put in that place, whatever takes the place of God in our life, becomes a God of our life. And I'm not talking about a YouTube video. I'm not talking about a Facebook Live. That's not what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about spending time with God, I'm talking about shutting it all down like Mary did. When Jesus came into the room and she sat at his feet and she supped and she fellowshiped with him. And Jesus said to his disciples, can you pray with me for one hour? Can you just tarry with me for one hour? And while Jesus was doing the work, they were sleeping. There's no condemnation. But what I'm saying is, we're thinking that Jesus is going to do the work while we sleep. But the fact, truth of the matter is, it's finished. It's already done. But in order to see the promises of God manifest in our lives, we're going to have to do the work. Because faith without works is dead. We're not receiving the promises. We're not... If some is saying God's word don't work. No, it's not that God's word don't work. You haven't worked. You haven't worked the word. When we find the word, look for the verb. What are the instructions in the word? There's no condemnation. This is a teaching moment. So we can be free because every time we get free, we, we, we jump another level. We're trying to grow from faith to faith and glory to glory, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. My time is almost up. But some of us are building ministries without relationships. Some are building ministries based merely upon spiritual gifts. We must have a relationship with Jesus to build like the wise man did. Because when we believe what God say, we'll act on what God say. It's not enough just to hear the word. It's not enough just to know the word. It's the doer of the word that's blessed and not hear only, lest we deceive ourselves. I like to say the greatest deception is self-deception. What's choking you? Is it the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, or other things that's going on around you? Is it other people's business? What is it that just, we're so busy helping other people that we don't have time to do what God is telling us to do? Is that obedience or disobedience? There's no condemnation. I'm just trying to talk to you the real truth. I'm asking you questions so you can ask yourself. Why did Jesus ask uh, Adam and Eve questions? Where you at? What have you done? Why did he ask Cain and where's your brother? He already knew these things. He wasn't asking because he didn't know. He was asking because he was trying to get them to confess what they had done. And he was trying to get them to see what they had done. And there's no condemnation because today is another day. We get to do what God say. Remember, every time we hear the word and we act on it. And today's today's instructions is spend time with God so we can build our life on the right. In his word, not I didn't say spend time with this pastor, with this preacher, this YouTube preacher, this Facebook live preacher. That's not what I said. I said, you spend time with God. Do like Mary did. Mary stopped everything she was doing when Jesus came in the house. It was Martha was so distracted by the work. She was so distracted. Are you studying to learn to teach or are you studying to live? I'm studying to live because I am fully convinced that it's because of him that I live, move, and I have my very being. I understand. That when I don't keep my mind stayed on him, I cannot have peace. I understand that Jesus Christ is the only way and the only the light and the only truth. I understand. And so when I hear the word, instantly I want to do it. It's the doer of the word that's blessed. If you want to live the blessed life, we have to do the what the word what the word the Lord Jesus Christ tells us to do. He wants us to become disciples. Disciples are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just hearing. Hearing is not enough. And I'm telling you, I've been talking about Jesus for 30 years. More than 30 years. The day that the Desert Storm War started is the day I prayed the prayer and accepted Jesus Christ. That's how my children know that Jesus is real. I mean, I taught them. I still put them on the couch. I turned off the TV. I tried to do as much as I could because the Lord told me I was their babysitter. Because how many of you know our children are lent to us? And you're their babysitter. And what an honor and a privilege for the Lord to trust us with his children. It's our responsibility to train up our children in the way they should go. To put as much of the word of God that's in them. And when we discover and recognize their gifts, to aim them in the direction to encourage them, to help develop them in the area that we see the gifts and callings that's on their lives. But we have to put the word of God in them. 
Today is another day. Yesterday's gone. Condemnation comes from the past. Okay? Because there's no condemnation here because today is another day. And today we get to do what God's word says. So whatever whatever it is that I might have said that ministered to you, then that word is for you. And that's what you're called to do. Are we building ministries without relationship? The wise man built his house on the rock. The wise man built his life on the rock. The wise man built his house on out of the relationship with Jesus Christ. We must have character to go with the cause. So when persecution comes, for the word's sake, we too won't fall. When we build a ministry and it has Jesus' name on it, but we don't have a relationship with the Jesus we claim, when the persecution comes, because anything with Jesus' name on it, the devil's coming. Our life is going to fall apart. He wants to disgrace. He wants to be a, us to be a stumbling block in someone else's way. He wants us to talk about Jesus but not live for Jesus because that's a stumbling block. Because they're hearing, some people can't hear us because they see us. There's no condemnation, but that's the truth. But as born again believers, Jesus said, if we say that we have fellowship with Him, then we should, we, you know, but we still walk in darkness that we are lying. The truth is not in, but, but, but that's, that today is a good day because today we get to do what he say, because to walk in fellowship with God is to walk in submission to God. That means Lord, your word has final authority in my life. Your word is the final say so in my life, not my will, not my word, not my way, Lord, but let your will be done. That's living a life in submission to Jesus Christ. We're crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. And the life that we now live, we live by faith in the Son of God. We live by faith in what Jesus Christ has done. Do you see yourself crucified? Because if you do, dead men don't sin. I'm talking about living from the inside out. What is choking you? Is the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things. What is still in your attention? Whatever is distracting you is the thing that's choking you. And it wants to steal your faith. It wants to steal your time. It wants you to believe that you don't have time for God. Because, well, God, not right now, because first I have to go and do this. Lord, I can't do it right now because I got to go and do this. Lord, I can't do it right now, but wait here. I'll be back. I got to go and do this. And the Lord is saying, no, right now. I'm telling you to come now. Follow me now. He just was walking by Matthews. He said, come be my disciple. He dropped everything and followed Jesus. And later on that night, he made supper for him, invited Jesus and the tax collectors and the wine bitters. They all came over to eat. And the people saw that Jesus was sitting there and they began to talk about him. That he sits, your teacher, the Pharisees were saying, why does your teacher sit and eat and drink with wine bitters? But Jesus said, it's not those that's well that needs a physician. It's those that's sick. What's choking you? What's distracting you? Some of us, we do our little time with uh, our time with the Lord. And then we say, okay, that's it. And then we just go and live in the other country. Live, do what we want to do from there. We live our own way. But when we study, if we hunger and thirst after righteousness, he will fill us. If we study, study to show yourself approved. Where we can rightfully divide the word of truth. We're a workman that needed not to be ashamed, but we can rightfully divide the word of truth. Study. You study so somebody else can eat off of your tree. You study. I'm getting ready to end it here. You guys be blessed. Be so encouraged. Let's, um, today is a good day, another day. We get to do what God say because His grace and mercy is fresh and new again today. But I want to ask you one more time before I end this. What's choking you? Is it the cares of the world? Is it the deceitfulness of riches? Is it the desires for other things? Because whatever is still in your focus is the thing that's choking you. The thing that we're, the thing that's distracting us is the thing that's choking us. But God said, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. Father, we surrender. We come before you again today, this day. And Father, we we ask that you forgive us for being distracted by the cares of the world and the desires of other things and the deceitfulness of riches because you have promised to take care of our every need when we seek first the kingdom of God and, and your righteousness and your way of doing things and because you already know that we have needs of these things so Father forgive us for not seeking you first forgive us for serving other gods forgive us for running after other things other than you 
Forgive us for chasing money and not chasing after you. Forgive us for chasing after the source, the resources and not chasing after the source. For every good and perfect gift comes down from you, Father. So we set before you this day, today, Father. And we say we're sorry. And we ask you for wisdom to do what we know. We will become doers of your word, Father. We will spend time studying your word, Father God. And we will be fruitful in this season because we will not let the devil steal the word of God from us through the cares of the world because we know that you care for us. We don't have to be concerned with the cares. We just come to you in prayer and make our supplication and request known to you, Father. Because you told us to be anxious for nothing but...